Okay, so um, here's our next episode of Harlem Stories. Uh, I'm Robert Lazo. I'm with Anna Feinberg. And uh, today we are going to talk about uh, what makes lending different in Manhattan. Yeah, uh, lending in Manhattan is kind of, um, it, it's a confusing thing because everyone, you know, sees all these great interest rates advertised on the net, on the internet. And, you know, not that there's anything wrong with like the rocket mortgages of the world, but in most cases, it's not going to work in purchasing a Manhattan property. Why not? Because there's a great rate and it's like, all I have to do is click and, you know, fill in the information. So uh, help, help me here. So, you know, companies like Rocket Mortgage, they are really set up and established for the rest of the nation. And, you know, in, in, in really kind of breaking down some of the specifics of that um, is that, you know, first off, before we get into the specifics of the building, you know, and, uh, you know, and the, the lenders, you know, I want to make a distinction here and point out that lending in Manhattan requires two different sets of approval. Um, so number one, the bank is looking to approve you as a buyer. And number two, the bank is looking to approve the building. Not all lenders are going to approve all buildings. And, you know, that a lot of times requires certain types of specific lending and not every lender does that. Can I ask why banks won't automatically approve a building? Excellent question. So that is that gets into a very technical answer, but let's kind of break it down to the components. So in most of the country, uh, the you know there's what's known as agency lending, and most people, you know, don't necessarily know what that is, but it's they probably have heard the different components of it. So agency lending refers to government agencies that are backed or are. are you know, by the full faith and credit of the United States government. A uh, good example of that is going to be Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. And they are, you know, the, basically guaranteeing that the mortgages will, you know, will be, uh, you know, good and, and paid out. And, you know, there, there are certain guarantees on that. And that is a certain standard. And it applies to roughly around 95% of homes that are, you know, in the United States. Now, you know, there is about 5% of homes, you know, left over that don't meet those same standards. And, you know, if you want to purchase a home under those standards, you're typically going to be looking at either private lending or what's known as portfolio lending. And you could wind up working with a major bank or, you know, or perhaps maybe even an internet lender that might be comfortable doing portfolio lending. I can say a lot of those low advertised rates that you see on the internet, those are usually going to be agency lending. And, you know, without getting too into the weeds on, on agency lending, I can tell you they have very, very specific lengthy requirements to underwrite on a particular property. And what happens is in New York City, a lot of times the the banks, you know, will look at the individual buildings and say, you know what, this doesn't meet the very rigid requirements that Fannie Mae requires or Freddie Mac requires or uh, uh, FHA requires. And the reality is when that's the case, they'll say we can't underwrite unless, of course, they offer portfolio lending. So let me um, kind of clarify a couple of things. When you say uh, agency lending, we're also talking about what are commonly called conventional loans, correct? 
Um, conventional loans is an entirely different category. Uh, uh, conventional loans tends to deal with the dollar amount. Um, this is really about the underwriting standards. Uh, so, con- you know, conventional lending versus jumbo lending is a different topic okay. altogether. Okay. So, all right, I got you. So, you know, uh, a- agency lending is like, for instance, some of the requirements they might have. They might say, you know what, uh, we require the building to build it into their reserve, not just uh, any year, but every single year, uh, 10% uh, of their monthlies that they're charging uh, need to go toward a reserve account. Now, what happens if the building has got a substantial reserve account and they've paid for all their large capital projects? Do they really want to still keep paying down toward uh, a, a, an additional reserve or do they want to keep their monthlies lower for their, uh, f- you know, for their owners? And a lot of buildings will go say, you know what, to help with the lenders, I'm like, we, we just want to keep things reasonable and affordable for our owners. And, and that's where the most value is going to be for our owners. You know, understanding the fact that not everyone is going to want to lend in that kind of situation. But that's where portfolio lenders come into play. And that's a very small percentage of the national market. However, it's a very large percentage of the Manhattan market. And, you know, the reality is, you know, is it possible to find some banks that will write, uh, underwrite under the agency lending in New York City? The answer to that is yes, it is possible. It's going to be a smaller percentage of buildings, and it's only going to be condos. What's the ballpark on these percentages? So it sounds to me like uh, um, agency lending, you're saying it's majority is going to be condos um, that are going to get those those types of loans? Um, so ag- agency lending, yeah, the, first off, they're not going to underwrite in a co-op because it shares in a corporation. It's not real property. So that eliminates uh, co-ops from the entire uh, agency lending platform. Okay. So in other words, uh, chances are I'm not going to get a loan from, from Rocket Mortgage for a co-op. Exactly. Yeah. Rocket Mortgage is, and unless they've changed and updated the procedure, but then again, that's not going to be the low advertised rate. So even if they, Rocket Mortgage does offer it because it's a whole different category of mortgage type, you know, it's not going to be that same great rate that you see on the internet. And if I was just happened to get that great rate on, uh, from Rocket Mortgage, it most likely would be a condo. Exactly. Either a condo, actually, or, or a townhouse. Um, it's not going to be a Manhattan one. It'd probably be outside of that because now you're got, getting into conforming versus the jumbo mortgages component. Um, and again, that you know, if it's conforming uh, townhouse, it's not going to be that same kind of price range, you know, for the Manhattan market. Um, you might be able to get that to work in, you know, the really outer portions of Brooklyn or Queens or maybe even the Bronx, you know, or Staten Island, but it definitely would not work in Manhattan. Okay. Um, do we want to start talking about finding a lender? Well, you know, let's get a little bit more into portfolio lending first. So portfolio lending is um, is a different market. It basically means that the lender is going to hold on to that mortgage once they've underwritten it, and they're going to hold on to it for them of themselves. Uh, the way much of the mortgage market has worked in the last few decades is that they all get bundled together and put together in different risk tranches, and the investment banks will bundle them together and then sell them out as mortgage-backed securities. 
Now, unfortunately, there's now a kind of a taint to the mortgage-backed security world uh, due to what wound up happening, you know, in the 2008-2009 crash uh, when people stopped uh, analyzing the risk associated with underwriting and a whole bunch of the underlying mortgages. Uh, don't want to get too deep into the the you know the the investment banking world uh, component of this, but basically you know the banks did not hold on to the mortgages themselves when it came to agency underwriting. So they'd sell it to another entity, and you know they might get paid to service you know the monthly you know the monthly billing and collections, uh, but they wouldn't necessarily hold on to it. So the risk was no longer theirs. Whereas in a portfolio lending situation. The, the risk is entirely theirs, but they're a lot more flexible as a result, and they're looking at every individual situation uniquely. And as a result uh, of most buildings, first off, as we said, co-ops, because you're, you're not buying real property, your shares in a corporation, they're not going to qualify for, uh, for it. And in fact, co-ops technically are not even really a truly a mortgage. Everyone refers to it as that, but they're really just a, a, a private loan and <laughs> a hefty one at that. But, um, but because they're not real property, they're actually just a private loan, which is one of the reasons why the agency lenders, which is going to be the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, you don't see that as, as a buyer up front. You might go to like Citibank or Chase and you might not know the difference. But if you go to Citibank and Chase and say, hey, you know, I realize I'm buying in New York City, you know, um, you know, I, I realize it might not, you know, uh, you know, conform to the regular standards of, of an agency lending. Uh, do you do portfolio lending? And in most cases, in the big banks, they'll say, "Yeah, we do some portfolio lending." And you know, and and especially if they know, if, you know, if you're using a local banker here, they'll definitely know that, and they'll they'll definitely look up the building. They have their own building databases, and you know, go through that and depend, and they'll be able to make that determination whether they can do agency lending or or you know whether it's going to be portfolio lending. But I can tell you this much: portfolio lending is definitely a much smaller market. There's a lot of lenders that won't do it. But if you're using a local New York City banker, um, it's, it's far less of an issue. Um, again, you know, it comes, comes down to what we originally said when we first started this conversation. Um, there's going to be two sets of approvals, one approving you and one approving the, the building. So when a portfolio is, uh, lender is, is, is reviewing the situation, they're taking both those factors into account. Um, so, yeah, with portfolio lending, the interest rate is typically going to be a little bit higher. Um, it's not going to be the same great rates that you saw on, on the, you know, for the rest of the country. But that has more to do with, you know, the fact that our buildings don't exactly conform to the same standards as the rest of the nation. We're, we're a vertical living situation where everything is shared, you know, our plumbing, our electrical lines, you know, uh, you know, everything is so much, you know, different. And the way that we need to adapt to that vertical living situation is so very different than in, in a traditional, like, single-family housing. So when a, a, a bank is evaluating a building, what you're also saying is that they're evaluating the wherewithal of, of that building and the chance that that building might fall into uh, default or there may be problems? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because the reality comes down to is they're going to ask uh, for a building questionnaire to evaluate it. Um, if they haven't previously evaluated it or if they haven't evaluated the building recently. So, yeah, they'll, they'll go into, like, they'll ask about, like, commercial, how many commercial units might be in the building. You know, 
is everyone up, paid and up to date? They'll ask for the building financials and review that and things like that. So they're going to do their due diligence on the building and make sure that they feel comfortable lending. Okay, good. So I guess the, the, the last part that you discussed was, you know, how do, how do you find a lender? So, you know, I, I think that could be, you know, broken to a few things, a few different ways. Um, most important is that I think that you're using a Manhattan-based lender. So if you bank with Chase, you know, go, go to speak to Chase from a Manhattan-based lender. Don't, don't call the number, the 1-800 number on the back of a mailer that they sent you. Uh, go down to a Chase branch and actually speak to somebody or speak to it if you have your own banker, you know, with Chase, speak to them. So that, that's one possible route. Another route is, uh, you know, speak to your agent. Uh, we develop a lot of relationships. There's, we don't get compensated for it. However, we do know what, what works and who works well with what kind of buildings. So if I have an international uh, buyer, I know that typically one of the first routes I'm going to go to is going to be United Nations Federal Credit Union. Or I might go to Guard Hill uh, because I know they work great with international buyers. Or, you know, at one point, and I think it's a little less so, now HSBC. They were, like, specialists for that. Or if I'm working with an income-restricted building, I have lenders that specifically specialize in that. Um, so, you know, it, you know whether maybe you, you are uh, work with, you know, you own your own business, there's going to be bankers that specialize in, you know, working with small business owners. So, you know, your, your agent can be a good resource in, you know, in kind of guiding you in terms of who might be some of the better bankers for your personal situation. Um, but, you know, and you, but you can do your own research too. But, you know, ultimately, if you do your own research, I do recommend, you know, just, you know, keeping it very Manhattan-centric. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, and of course, it, it's Manhattan-centric because they're familiar with the buildings that are here in Manhattan. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you, you want somebody that's really going to know how to do this. And the reason, one of the reasons why we suggest, you know, going with some of the lenders that we have is not, you know, for no other reason than we know what works, we know who works well, and we know who can get actually the deal closed. And when you talk about, because oftentimes we hear these terms like lenders and underwriting, when you're talking about lenders, you're just basically talking about banks like J.P. Morgan Chase, um, Citibank, Wells Fargo. Um, for the most part. First Republic. <laughs> For the, for the most part, okay. yeah. I mean, you know, like every, you know, I, I think every situation, you know, will be different and unique. Um, there are mortgage brokers out there and like Guard Hill, you know, serves in that purpose. I do have, an, you know, another firm that I recommend, uh, you know, that is also a mortgage broker and they are exceptional at what they do. And um, they're great, especially if you got a building that's very difficult to underwrite in. And there's very, you know, and we can discuss in, in in other talks, I'm like, you know, what makes a building difficult to underwrite in or easy to underwrite in? But, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, the, the long and short of it is usually it's going to have like, you know, great financials and, you know, you know, commercial properties or, or not, you know, um, you know, you'll have everyone paid up to date. Uh, the building has got a reserve fund, you know, so these are just the basic fundamentals. All righty. Anything else that we want to add? 
No, no, I think that, that that's the most important part. But, you know, if you have any other questions, you know, just always feel free, reach out to your broker. If they don't have somebody that will lend, uh, you know, in, in your situation, uh, we'll help you find somebody that will, you know, that will uh, be able to lend. Because we can always get in almost, almost every buyer situation, we can almost always get financing for a particular buyer. The, the, the key asterisk to that is, uh, what kind of premium do you want to pay on the interest rate? So <laughs> that's the most important part. So, yeah, uh, you know, if, if you want to keep the interest rates lower, of course, obviously, the, you know, the better credit, the easier the situation would be. So just a quick recap. So, um, again, we talked about uh, when the bank is making approval, they're approving both the, the borrower, you, as a purchaser, and the building. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, uh, there are t uh, essentially two types of lending to be aware of as a purchaser. Uh, there is agency lending, which is what is more, more common outside of Manhattan. And there is portfolio lending, which is more specialty and more common to inside of Manhattan. Correct. Uh, yep. And then finally, when it comes to finding a lender, uh, focus on a, a, a banker or a person who works exclusively in the Manhattan uh, market so that you can find someone who actually can essentially underwrite the right particular type of loan. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately, at the end of the day, we want to make sure that the lender that you're choosing is somebody that is actually going to be able to get the deal done and do it without a lot of pain. All right. <laughs> well, thanks, Adam. And uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, this is another episode of Harlem Stories.